Hello and welcome to Tax Credit Tuesday. I'm Michael Novogratik. Today is Tuesday, December 23rd, and this is the final report on tax credits for 2008. Today, we will discuss the current conditions in the housing tax credit equity investment market and what the future may hold for developers, investors, and syndicators. We also have an update on proposals being suggested for inclusion in an economic recovery package. In just a few weeks, Thursday, January 8th, and Friday, January 9th, we will be holding our Tax Credit Developers Conference in Miami, Florida. We will discuss the topics included in this podcast in more detail at our Miami conference. We hope you can join us. But first, we have breaking news about how the state budget crisis in California is affecting the construction of affordable housing. This is a continuing series of comments on how the state budgets throughout the country are being affected by the downturn in the economy and the impact it's having on affordable housing. Last week, California's Pooled Money Investment Board decided to shut down $3.8 billion in financing for infrastructure projects in the state. The board's action was attributed to the growing state budget deficit. The decision affects nearly 2,000 projects that have a combined value of roughly $16.2 billion. These projects include highways, housing developments, and many other endeavors. Work on these projects could be delayed or halted until a resolution for the state budget impasse is found. Among the projects that may be affected are a number of affordable multifamily housing developments that were funded by bonds previously approved under housing bond propositions 46 and 1C. The Pooled Money Investment Board manages the state's pooled money investment account. The account provides loans to bond-funded infrastructure projects and to the state general fund to help meet cash flow needs. The three-member Pooled Money Investment Board is comprised of the state treasurer, state controller, and the state director of finance. State Treasurer Bill Lockyer chairs the panel. Following the board's decision on Wednesday, December 17th, Treasurer Lockyer issued a statement. He said, quote, Today's action was extremely regrettable, but the responsible and right thing to do. We had no other option to keep crucial public services operating as long as possible. But now it's official. The failure to solve our budget problem has put in grave danger billions of dollars in revenue for our businesses and thousands of jobs on which our workers and families depend. The Treasurer's Office says the growing budget problem has put the state in a precarious cash flow position and placed unprecedented demand on the investment account to loan the general fund money to support crucial public services. The Board says that stopping the flow of funds to infrastructure projects will allow the investment account to direct resources towards keeping priority services operating, such as schools and public health programs. Normally, the money in the pooled money investment account that is lent to infrastructure projects gets replenished when the state sells bonds. However, the Treasurer's Office reports the credit crunch and state budget woes have combined to effectively close the bond market to California. Treasurer Lockyer says the state will not be able to sell bonds until the state's legislature and governor forge a budget solution. The Treasurer's Office noted that exceptions may be made for specific projects, and the board is expected to hold a special meeting in January to make those determinations. We will follow this situation as it develops and will keep you updated in future podcasts, as well as on the Affordable Housing Resource Center website at www.taxcredithousing.com. If you'd like to automatically receive news that is posted there, simply subscribe to the news feed by clicking on the RSS button at the top of the page. Now for our first topic. A look at conditions in the low-income housing tax credit equity market. In October, we reported that many low-income housing tax credit investors and syndicators were expressing their strong preference for straightforward tax credit developments, developments with experienced developers, 
in primary markets. They also reported seeing lower equity pricing and stricter underwriting standards. This month, we again ask a sampling of active investors, syndicators, and developers, including John Hancock Realty Advisors, PNC Multifamily Capital, and U.S. Bank Community Development Corporation. We ask them to weigh in on the state of the market. Based on our conversations with active investors and syndicators, deals without, quote, hair remain the order of the day. Most of the transactions being done today tend to be 9% deals proposed by experienced developers and, as mentioned above, in primary markets. Cynthia Lacasse, president of John Hancock Realty Advisors, told us that assessing risk is the central issue. She said, quote, We look really hard at sponsors' balance sheets. Solid, experienced sponsors are critical. Close quote. Todd Crow, executive vice president at PNC Multifamily Capital, agreed with her assessment and predicted that current trends will continue into 2009. Quote, At the moment, our investors like 9% deals. They have to be strong or they won't get sold. Close quote. For Beth Storr, LHTC director at U.S. Bank Community Development Corporation, the strength of the market, the real the rental market, that is, demand for the product, and the developer are the key factors. She told us, quote, It sounds very simplistic, but experience, depth, and sustainability are number one. Among other things, we are looking for sound underwriting and performance in the GP's portfolio and a plan for riding out the economic storm, close quote. Although the affordable housing community had hoped that the government's response to the financial crises would have improved LHTC pricing by now, credit prices continue to fall and yields rise. In many places, credit prices are in the low 70s. The investors we spoke with expect them to fall even further in 2009. Because of a limited investor base, some developers had some trouble closing deals, especially developers that were awarded credits back in 2007. As we discussed in an earlier podcasts, some state agencies are seeing LHTCs returned from deals that are no longer viable in today's uncertain market. We spoke with Tom Cap, Chief Operating Officer at Gorman & Company, a Wisconsin-based developer who said, for the first time ever, his company had to return housing tax credits to the state. He said, quote, only about one-third of awarded credit is finding investors from traditional sources, end quote. Looking ahead, Beth Storr says she expects that yields will continue to rise in the first part of 2009. Some investors have even speculated that yields could range or rise to 95 to 10% by the end of 2009. These higher yields are attracting additional investors. As of early December, Beth Storr said most new investors have been banks and insurance companies. According to Todd Crow, many of the new investors are actually investors that are simply returning to the market. Tom Cap reported that his company has had some success with regional banks and large companies that have an interest in a particular area. A complete discussion about what active investors, syndicators, and developers are predicting for the coming months will be featured in the January issue of the Novogratz Journal of Tax Credit Housing. If you're not already a subscriber, you can sign up to receive the journal online at www.novoco.com products. And if you've subscribed before the end of the year, you can take advantage of 2008 prices before the rates increase in 2009. We will also present a panel discussion at our Miami conference at which active investors and developers will discuss how demand is affecting the market. Representatives from investors and syndicators, including Column, Boston Capital, the Richmond Group, and SunTrust and others, are scheduled to speak about how 
they're adjusting their outlook and strategies. I encourage you to join us in Miami to hear how veteran affordable housing professionals are fine-tuning their expectations and setting goals for 2009. The 15th Annual Task Force Developers Conference will be held on January 8th and 9th in Miami. You can register online at www.novaco.com events. Most syndicators, investors, and developers indicated they expect the LHTC market to stabilize as the rest of the financial markets stabilize. And with additional legislative changes, it is believed that the LHTC market could improve even faster. Which brings us to our second topic for today. We have several updates to share on the economic recovery package being crafted in Washington, D.C. Last week, the Housing Advisory Group reported that the closing days of the 110th Congress have been very active as lawmakers lay the groundwork for the 111th Congress. They're laying the groundwork to approve an economic recovery package. The affordable housing community is actively working to be part of any recovery bill. As we have discussed in previous podcasts, congressional leaders agreed and have announced their intent to deliver an economic recovery package to President-elect Barack Obama as quickly as possible after his inauguration on January 20th. The Housing Advisory Group has been working closely with supporters of affordable housing in the House and the Senate to restore and encourage new equity investment in the low-income housing tax credit program and broaden the market with new investors. Earlier this month, LHTC supporters again met with high-level key staffers from the House Ways and Means Committee, the Senate Finance Committee, and the House Financial Services Committee, as well as with other lawmakers to provide them with additional information and suggested approaches for how to broaden the market for new investment. In its discussions with lawmakers, the Housing Advisory Group strongly encouraged that parity for the LHTC program should be maintained with respect to incentives provided for other industries, industries such as the renewable energy sector. The Affordable Tax Credit Coalition has also stressed this point in one of their proposals, as we'll discuss in a moment. The coalition did, last week, circulate a revised set of proposals. In those proposals, the coalition recommended that Congress provide the states additional direct subsidy dollars. These direct subsidy dollars could only be used by housing credit agencies to provide gap financing for LHTC developments. Specifically, the coalition suggests that housing credit agencies be provided with a direct subsidy to be used as a soft loan for project owners who would supplement the LHTC equity capital with this loan whenever the housing credit agency determines there's a financing gap. The coalition estimates that for the current fiscal year, $5 billion would be needed to fund the number of projects that have received housing credit awards but are unable to attract sufficient capital to be feasible. The proposal suggests that these funds should be available for properties that received or will receive allocations of LIHTCs in 2007, 2008, and 2009, but that have not yet closed or received firm commitments. As we have discussed in previous podcasts, the coalition also proposes that taxpayers should be permitted to carry back the housing credit for as many as five years, and carried back credits should be able to be used to offset AMT liability during that period. The group believes that a length and carryback rule would make the program much more attractive for investors, particularly companies that are profitable but are uncertain about their tax liability in coming years. In addition, they say this rule may prevent some companies that don't have current tax liability from selling their existing portfolios. Such sales could come at substantially discounted prices and further affect tax credit yields and credit pricing of new transactions. The group also proposes that Congress should allow additional housing credits to be claimed in the first year of the tax credit period. The coalition proposes to modify the first-year housing credit rule 
so a taxpayer could elect to claim up to the full amount of the anticipated LHTC first-year credits when a building is placed in service, provided that the actual occupancy of low-income units in the building has achieved the minimum set-aside. In essence, rather than prorating your credits in the first year, you could get a full one-tenth of your credits so long as you met the minimum set-aside by the end of the first year. The coalition says it strongly believes that this relatively simple and straightforward change could have a very significant effect on the amount of investment dollars generated for this program. And it would have little impact on the Treasury since the overall amount of the tax credits to be claimed would not increase. Another coalition suggestion is to fix the 30% present value housing credit at 4%. The coalition contends that were Congress to fix the 30% present value housing credit at 4%, it'd provide the ability to raise about 20% more LHTC equity. And finally, the coalition recommends that the housing credit should be made a refundable credit. One of the most serious problems inhibiting investment is that investors are finding it difficult to predict their tax liability over the term of the housing tax credit period, particularly in these highly uncertain economic times. If a company does not have sufficient tax liability to use all of its LHTCs, the value of the investment is obviously reduced, and the risk of such an occurrence is a major deterrent in the investment decision. The coalition says that permitting the housing credit to be refundable would address the situation and help stimulate investment. However, in making this proposal, the coalition urged Congress to limit refundability with respect to the housing credit. They suggest the credit should be refundable only to widely held C-corporations that are publicly traded on an established securities market or to regulated investors such as insurance companies. But only to the extent that those investors do not materially participate in the development or operation of the LHTC property. In addition, the coalition notes in its proposal that reports indicated that serious consideration is being given to making several investment and production tax credits refundable, such as those benefiting renewable energy. This brings us back to the issue of parity that I mentioned earlier. In its proposal, the Frobosing Tax Credit Coalition says it's critical that if Congress decides to make other tax credits refundable, the low-income housing tax credit should be included. Otherwise, the coalition notes, the housing credit industry would be at a severe and unfair disadvantage in raising capital for low-income housing. Speaking of renewable energy tax credits, last week, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid announced that he plans to advance legislation that would allow renewable energy developers to receive eight years worth of tax credits in one year. Senator Reid said the measure would help renewable energy developers to finance projects, which has become difficult during the credit crunch. Senator Reid said it has become more difficult to finance renewable energy projects because credit markets are tight and loans are difficult to obtain. In reporting Senator Reid's announcement, the Las Vegas Review Journal noted that Avangoa Solar reported this month that it had been unable to get financing for a $1 billion 280-megawatt solar thermal plant that it had planned to develop. In other news, the National Journal reported last week that bipartisan support is growing for an increase in new market tax credit allocations to be included as part of the economic recovery package. The Journal reports that influential groups of legislators in both chambers, including key members of the House Ways and Means and Senate Finance Committees, expressed their support for a proposal to expand the $3.5 billion cap on new market tax credits. Increasing that cap by $1.5 billion in 2008. As we reported last week, a group of lawmakers led by Ways and Means Select Revenue Measures Subcommittee Chairman Richard Neal in Massachusetts wrote to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Minority Leader John Boehner calling for such additional authority. 
The New Market Tax Credit Coalition has supported this proposal and has been working hard to see that it gets enacted. They've also supported other changes to enhance the New Market Tax Credit. The journal reports that changes being considered include raising the credit to 50% from 39% and shortening the credit period from seven years to one year. In addition, the coalition is seeking the ability of investors to use the credit to offset AMT liability, similar to the treatment provided to the LHTC and historic credits in this summer's housing bill. The Housing Advisory Group reports that both the Senate Finance Committee and the Ways and Means Committee could consider the tax portions of the stimulus bill as early as January 8th. We will follow the progress of these proposals and the economic recovery legislation as it develops. We'll keep you updated in future podcasts as well as on our website at www.novaco.com as well as in email messages to our industry alert email subscribers. We're also going to review the most current legislative update on an all-star panel that I'm moderating at our Miami conference. Joining me on the panel will be four industry experts. David Gasson, Executive Director of the Housing Advisor Group and also with Boston Capital. Rick Goldstein, a partner with Nixon Peabody and counsel for the Affordable Housing Tax Credit Coalition, Buzz Roberts with LISC, and Sheldon Schreiberg with Pepper Hamilton. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's report. The Tax Credit Tuesday podcast will be on a hiatus next week for the holidays and will return on Tuesday, January 5th. Please note that Novogratz and Company is streamlining the podcast for the new year. We are discontinuing the video versions of Tax Credit Tuesday, effective with this broadcast, and starting in 2009, we'll publish only the audio version of the podcast. We encourage our videocast audience to update their subscriptions so they can continue to receive the latest Tax Credit news each week. This is Michael Novogratz. I'll be back next year. Thanks for listening.